Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens season is over. This is the most miserable of all the Mondays when it all comes to a screeching halt. Ravens fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime, 16-13, and end the season with an 8-9 record. Six-game losing streak is their longest since, when? what was it, 2017? No, 2007, I mean. Gosh, I, my brain is frazzled. <laughs> 2007. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's just brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal ending. I will say the one... The one silver lining, the one thing that saved it was that the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots, so the Ravens wouldn't have gotten into the playoffs anyway. The Ravens needed the three things to go their way. They got two of them. They got the most shocking one. That That's really what, what encapsulates the Ravens' season. Of all the weird twists and turns and how strange the season was, you actually got the, the Jags beat the Colts, the most improbable of the other outcomes that you needed happened. And then the one that I took for granted as an automatic slam dunk, the Patriots lost to the Dolphins. Uh, and then and then the Wild finished between the Chargers and Raiders. But golly, I, I do take some, some uh, relief in the fact that the Ravens wouldn't have made it in even if they lost to the Steelers. But to be honest, losing six straight to close out the season and watching Big Ben and the Steelers celebrate on your field and watching them go to the playoffs still kind of hurts. Yeah, I mean, I do think that it takes a little bit of the sting out of it, and you're like, all right, well, that game didn't matter in terms of playoff hopes. It, you in can, fact, you, it only helped the Ravens in terms of draft position and, and next year's schedule. You can justify frankly. it a little bit, and you say, okay, well, now – because of that, the Ravens end up with a higher draft pick. They're going to be picking 14th. And they're going to be playing an easier schedule next year because they finished fourth uh, in the division rather than second. So now that's you say, okay, well, you get the Jags instead of the Colts next year. Right. So, yeah, you can justify those things. Um, but that said, you could tell that it, it definitely stung. It hurt for the players and the coaches and the fans leaving MT Bay Stadium yesterday. There was not a feeling of, you know what? Well, we're going to be picking a few spots higher. I'm excited about that next year. Um, and I just think that the way that it's set up for a Ben Roethlisberger overtime drive leading to the field goal and then them celebrating, and it just was a kind of a painful way to end what has been a painful second half of a crazy season. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it would have also been saved last night had had the Raiders Chargers game finished in a tie, and the and the Steelers would have been kept out of the playoffs. That was really the most the only enjoyment that I got out of yesterday was watching Steelers fans squirm down the stretch <laughs> of that Sunday night football game. That would have actually been the best case scenario, right? Like if the play the Ravens weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, get the higher draft pick, get the better schedule, and then the Steelers get just completely shafted and left out of the playoffs. That would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been nice, but uh, obviously it didn't happen. I mean, that would have been kind of a crazy ending to that ridiculous game. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would have loved for the Steelers not to play, make the playoffs. That would have been great. But at the end of the day, I'm not all that. Who cares? Who cares? And Well, I, I only care because I'm looking for any shreds of joy right now, Garrett. I, I'll tell you what gave me some joy yesterday, and we'll start talking about the game. And also, just so listeners know, this podcast is going to be 
focused on the Steelers game. We are going to follow up and do more of a big picture. We're going to have lots of time to do kind of big picture discussions about the season. We will go back and look at, you know, our predictions from the year, probably most of which were wrong given all the injuries. Um, But we will take a look at that. We'll also talk about where this team is going in terms of some of the offseason decisions, which there's a lot of important offseason decisions. We will get into all that, but not today. Today is going to be mostly focused on yesterday's game and just the end of the season. Um, But uh, one thing I did get some enjoyment from yesterday was Terrell Suggs being back. I will say that. that. Oh, that was the best part of the game. That was awesome, having him come out of the tunnel wearing not just the Bane mask, basically the full Bane costume. And uh, <laughs> you're just reminded with that guy that he was equal parts football player and entertainer. He had both those things down. Oh, he's the best entertainer. Yeah, I mean, golly. It's hard to think of a better entertainer. Maybe Was I Ray mean, Lewis Ray... a better entertainer? I would probably say no. In, ter- yeah, in terms of pure like entertainment, Suggs takes the cake. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've always said that Terrell Suggs to me, like he understood that football in the NFL was entertainment and he kind of played the, the WWE pro wrestling role better yes. than anybody else that I've ever seen. And uh, even in retirement, he can do it. He did an awesome job with our trailer and then was, was great coming out of the tunnel. So, um, but it was kind of downhill from there because it was a disappointing <laughs> game uh, for the Ravens on a nasty weather. I think the weather definitely impacted the offense. It was it was cold and rainy. I think both offenses struggled as a result of that. It was, it was tough to move the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it just it kind of came down to, I feel like this is rinse and repeat. We could, we could probably play a podcast from, you know, the last month here, and it's the same story where the Ravens need – basically another play on offense or defense to get it done and they're just not able to do it they 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 moved the ball a little bit but they couldn't get themselves completely into field goal range at the end of regulation or in overtime to go and, and get the win they couldn't get the stop for defense you know for the defense Ben Roethlisberger gets a couple of third down conversions then gets the fourth down conversion to set up the game winning field goal which is just a backbreaker it felt like right. it felt like the week before when the Rams got the you know, they, they get the late conversion on their drive to, to set down. up their game winner. Just like, I've seen this before, and it just... Yeah. Well, with Ben Roethlisberger, we've seen it many times before. <laughs> Too many I times. Mean, I mean, that, that whole game, you know, at in the second half, when the Ravens had to settle for a field goal, and, and then Marquise, you know, Marquise Brown drops the touchdown pass, I kept I said, you know, the Ravens are going to have to score more points. I understand that this is a defensive slugfest right here, but leading 13 to 10, you knew that that wasn't going to last. Yep. Right? You knew that or or at the time it was 10 to 6 actually. You knew that like you had to score more points because Ben was going to to beat you in the fourth corner quarter eventually. Like yep. you can only give that man so many chances before he breaks through and that's exactly what he he did. I mean, how many times have we seen it? Like he was terrible. The Ravens just totally handcuffed him for three quarters of the game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he hits whatever it is, eight straight passes, you know, in the fourth quarter and you, you just can't stop him. I mean, we've seen this so many times from the Terminator as Wink Martindale <laughs> called him, and he terminated the Ravens season. And, um, it's just, it just stinks. Well, I'm glad the we, Terminator is, is going to be heading, you know, into retirement. That's that's the that's the other silver lining here. Yes, uh, is that it's probably it for Ben, most likely, and uh, we won't have to watch 
that torment any longer uh, because it was one time too many yesterday uh, at, at the end of that game. I mean, I think that like when I look at this season and the Ravens finished eight and nine, it just like, and John Harbaugh said it at the end of the game. He said, basically the kind of the story here at the end of the season was there was multiple games where you just needed one more play. And this every game for the most part, with the exception of a few, was so close this year. You you're coming down to two point conversions, you're coming down to getting a stop in overtime, like you're coming down to a sixty six yard field goal on the other end. And as we talked about previously, like the Ravens won some games earlier this year that they probably had no business winning. You know, the winning that game in Detroit, we all afterwards were saying we're kind of telling the story and it felt like this, like this kind of has a team of destiny vibe. And uh, in reality, what it turned out to be was that the team, this team was kind of a 500 team and they won some games they probably shouldn't have won and they'd lost some games that they probably shouldn't have lost. And it all kind of evened out to being a 500 team. And and that's just where the Ravens were this year. And it was fun to tell the story early on where it just felt like, man, this team is getting the breaks. This team has the mojo working. These close games are going to pay off late. And then they ended up mm-hmm. not paying off late. And that was kind of a tough pill to swallow, but I, I just think it was the fact that that's kind of who this team was. Like, given all of the injuries, they were a team that was going to be around 500. Yeah. And then it was tough to get over a hump in clutch moments late in the season. Well, you're talking, you know, in season recap talk here that we said. Well, no, we I'm talking. just, uh, I, I thought yesterday's game encapsulated that theme of the second half of the oh, season. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, it was rinse and repeat. It was rinse and repeat. But let's, like, here's the thing that I think we shouldn't all forget, right, is that look at the look at the Ravens' like top offensive players yesterday. Okay, you got Tyler Huntley making his fourth career start against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and the guy who just tied the, the all-time sack record, right? I mean, you've got a banged-up offensive line, a replacement at left tackle for Ronnie Stanley. You know, you, you've had injuries there. Right tackle, eventually David Sharp has to come into the game because Patrick McCary went out. So then your re- leading rusher is Latavius Murray, who had a good day, 16th yeah. above 50 in the touchdown. But then it's Huntley and Freeman <laughs> are the next leading rushers. Like, you know, I just think that you can't forget, and I think we all kind of fell into this because the injury list had grown so long. But you like like you just like got into this habit of like, okay, here's the whatever ten guys, you know, let's list the guys again who are on IR, right? And and then we got tricked into thinking because the Ravens won so many games early on and because the backups played so well and, and kept the Ravens in so many games that like we got tricked into thinking the Ravens should win these games. But they shouldn't. They they shouldn't have even been in this position. Right? Mm-hmm. And like as we've said for much of the year, they lost all margin for error, like every missed opportunity, like a dropped pass or whatever, every like fourth down stop that you didn't get was just devastating to this team because you had they had no margin for error because of the players that were in there. Like they had no cushion. And so every time that they like made a mistake and if you made whatever three of them, you were done. You just lost that game. Right. And like every team makes mistakes. You don't capitalize on 100 percent of your opportunities. But if the Ravens like. The Ravens' backups basically had to play a perfect game to win these, and they didn't, which shouldn't be surprising. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, you are you're you're you are cherry picking a little bit here because you said, look at the Ravens' offensive weapons. They had Mark Andrews out there who just had the best well, yeah. receiving season of any player in Ravens history. And Latavius at receiver, Murray, they like, had right at receiver at receiver. They actually ended up 
pretty healthy. Yeah, they had Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, who who had a thousand, who's your first, and then you have Rashad Bateman, who's your first round pick. Yeah. Um, now look, they they didn't get what they wanted out of I would say Hollywood over the over the last month of the season. Um, Bateman yesterday had two catches for twenty two yards. Uh, but Mark, you know, more of the same, eight for eighty five. And then in terms of running back, like <laughs> sixteen targets for Mark. Well, good. Just good. We've said it before, like just throw to Mark Andrews on every play, and it kind of kind of happened that way, it's, um, which has been a great and and brutal backbreaking strategy because there's been so many interceptions to him as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, of course the the losing of J.K. Dobbs and Gus Edwards hurt this year. There's no denying that, but it didn't hurt yesterday. I mean, Latavius Murray had 16 carries for 150 yards, averaged nine yards. Well, a pop. yeah, yeah, but sure, but you have to ask yourself what would it have been with? Well, you think it's going to be 250 yards if those guys were healthy? Maybe Latavius Murray put up nine yards a carry. Okay, like he that had a didn't good hurt day yesterday. The, the, not having those yeah. guys was how about the, the fact that they had Tyler Huntley guys, in there? Latavius Murray had a good enough. Game you don't have yesterday. the 2019 MVP. You think that matter in that game? Okay. Do you think but, not having? Not gonna, do you think sure, not having? Sure. Could they have <laughs> put up average 15 yards a carry? Maybe. But what are you basing that on? The, I'm not saying. I'm not. All right, fine. How about Snoop? Snoop instead of the 2019 MVP. <laughs> Well, that is, that to me is an obvious one. Like, the, 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 you're talking about the running backs. And look, the, the Ravens played the last month of the season without their starting quarterback. And I think that we all liked what we saw from Snoop at times over that last month. But you also are reminded that Lamar Jackson does things that, things that nobody else on the football field can do. And I thought that was evident For yesterday. Sure. And I think I think the Ravens f- felt the loss of Lamar Jackson more yesterday than they had in the previous three games that Tyler Huntley had started. Yeah, and I think it's sure. easy. It's easy to be like when when Snoop keeps the Ravens in these games and they're playing the Packers, and you're like, well, this isn't a game that they should win. And and then Snoop goes toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers, and you're like, man, Snoop Snoop is impressive, and he was he he was impressive, but like you you I think people too quickly forgot all the things that Lamar Jackson does on the football field and how he is such a difference maker for this team. The Ravens went one and four without him this year. And so credit to Snoop for keeping this team in all of these games that he played uh, with the exception of the Bengals game. But that your I thought yesterday it was clear. Well, that, Snoop didn't even play in the Bengals game, but yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> we were down to the third. Josh Johnson. Right. Right. They all run together, but I'm just saying that like the Ravens went one and four without Lamar Jackson this year. They went yes. seven and five with him. So right. now let's also not forget that Lamar wasn't playing his best football uh, before his injury, uh, which also clouded our vision of this whole situation. Right. But I think like the longer that we saw Lamar Jackson sideline, the more we all kind of woke up to the fact that like Lamar is a very special player and he was missed. Like, yeah. I think, you, you, you felt that more yesterday, certainly. And, and not saying that, like, Lamar would have lit the world on fire, but I think he would have been better than Snoop was yesterday. I can yeah. I can say that pretty with some confidence. I mean, the interception to Mark Andrews in the end zone when the Ravens were leading, I think, 10-6 to 6 at the time, start of the third quarter as the first play of the fourth quarter, was a backbreaker, a backbreaker. The Ravens are in position to at least go up a touchdown, take a touchdown lead if they kick a field goal there, to turn the ball over was absolutely brutal in that situation. You know, Snoop just didn't get enough on that pass. 
Mark Andrews, because he's a stand-up guy, put it on himself and said he should have still scored if he came back to the ball, but just not a good throw. You know, thought he had him open, and he didn't, and he didn't get enough on it. So, and and that's kind of been Snoop's problem has been turnovers. You know, he also had a fumble on the first drive. He had an interception on the second drive of the game. You, you just can't turn the ball over to the Steelers three times and, and still expect to win that game with mm-hmm. all the backups that the Ravens have in there. It, you're just you're just not. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the Ravens in the red zone, the last month of the season was painful to watch them not be able to get into the end zone that was ultimately their undoing you know i mean if they get if they have a better red zone execution either in two-point conversions or whatever for you know how many first and goals have there been over the six game losing streak that the ravens ended up kicking field goals on yeah just absolutely killed them so it's 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 just tough i mean the biggest takeaway for me is sam cook's perfect passer rating Seven for seven is gone. I mean, let's let's be honest. If we want to talk about the quarterback situation, I think we have to start and end with Sam Cook. I know that was that was a disappointment. That was that big, was a tough big one. bummer. Big bummer. Big yeah. bummer. That was that was a disappointment. I mean, defensively, defensively, you look at it, and the Ravens held them to seventy nine rushing yards on thirty carries. Yeah, Najee Harris had eleven for twenty eight. I mean, yeah. goodness gracious, shut them down in the run game. It was just what we've seen from the defense all season long. You know, Pat Fryermuth as leads him in, in receiving was six for 53, but then in clutch moments, you know, you, you get, you get a ton of stops. You're playing really well, but then in a couple clutch moments, the Ravens give up long drives late in the game. And that's been kind of the story. It's hard. I feel like we've said this every single week. It's hard to put too much blame on the defense because overall you gave up 16 points to the Steelers including overtime, right? Like that should be good enough to win. Like you held them down long enough where the offense should have put you in position to win. But in the end, like you had a fourth and eight or whatever it was that they convert and you just, you have your foot on the throat and, and they keep sliding, (laughs) slithering out of it. And it's just, uh, that's kind of been the story of the defense here over the second half of the, of the season. Yeah. Sunday is right around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users enter code FLOCK when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOCK and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I want to read an email here because um, this kind of goes back to what, what we're talking about here. This is from Kyle Reichert. And as always, you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And before I just get into this, uh, send in your emails because I know there's lots of questions uh, about this offseason, what the Ravens are going to do. Don't start sending us mock drafts, though, yet. I did get a couple tweets at me with mock drafts. Too early for that, okay? Too early <laughs> for the mock drafts. We will we will have plenty of time to talk about that, but... Uh, there's other things before we get into the mock draft talk. So uh, this email from Kyle says, at the beginning of if if at the beginning of the season you would have told me that this team would go eight and nine, I would have said that sounds about right. Yep. However, outside of four games, the rest of these games, the entire year could have gone either way. I think the marginal impact uh, of having a healthy team is what made the L's in the latter half of the season. I'd argue uh, that the first nine games would tilt further in the Ravens in, at full strength. And we are more likely to win half the games in the last eight. I'm not sure exactly what his sentence is there, but I think he's basically saying what we talked about, which is that 
if you lose all the you you lose that margin of error and you play in these close games, they tilt it in the other direction. The, the Green Bay game and the Steelers game with those two pointers are an excellent example of all this. Now, obviously, the entirety of those games plays out differently with any other semblance of a starting secondary, but I don't think that, that these games fall to two-point conversions if you have your whole team healthy. So at the end of the day, at a certain point, the health of the team really makes a difference in the grand scale of the season, and to get eight wins is pretty great in hindsight. I, I would agree with that. All of that. I, I think um, even before, you know, when the Ravens season was starting and you had lost Dobbins, Gus, Marcus Peters, right? Those three losses. And you, at that point, had your first round, your top draft pick, Rashad Bateman, on the shelf, mm-hmm. you know, for the first X number of weeks in the season. At that point of the year, after those losses, I was like, this seems going to be around 500 and, scra- you know, scrapping to get into the playoffs is yep. how I felt. And plus, and you didn't have Nick Boyle, which like, if you if you remember a year ago when Nick Boyle and Ronnie Stanley went down midseason, like remember how big all of us reacted to Nick Boyle's loss at that point? We were like, if you don't have Nick Boyle in this offense, like, can it really work? Yeah, <laughs> not having Nick Boyle for all but what three or four games this year, like that was like a way down on the list of of problems for the Ravens this year, right? Yep. Like that just kind of shows you the context of how bad the injuries were this year. Anyway. When the season was starting and you didn't have all those players, I thought they'd be around 500. Then they lost Ronnie Stanley after one game, Marlon Humphrey midseason, Lamar for the last four games, Anthony Averett, your top cornerback, after Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, out for the last two games, critical games. Pat Ricard, a pro bowler, lost for whatever. He missed four or five games down the stretch. I mean... Look, I, I'm, I'm with you. Who else I, am I missing? Derek Wolf. We yeah. thought we would get back at some point. Didn't ever come back. Deshaun Elliott never, you know, lost him midseason. Like, I get it, and it is true. And it, it, and like as we as we have said, the injuries made a difference. They they call yeah. it an excuse. I hate I hate when people say injuries are an excuse. I hate when but people here's the thing. say here's, that here's it's the not thing. an excuse. It's real tangible losses that make a real tangible difference on the game. It's not an excuse. It's a fact. Yeah, but okay, but there's also this. I mean, the Tennessee Titans are the best team in the AFC. They played half the season without the best running back in the NFL. Sure. Okay. I, I honestly they, they play, think they played right. a bunch I think of games can, without I think you can AJ lose Brown, it. a Pro Bowl receiver. They played yeah. a, they played a bunch of games without Julio Jones, a future Hall of Fame receiver. Okay, so like so there is in, injuries are a part of the game and how, did they make a difference for the Ravens? Absolutely, they made a difference and that's the Ravens had more than anybody else, but you go through these teams. Every team does have injuries, and just using the Titans as an example, they had. I'm not talking about like role players here. I'm talking about a guy who might have sure. been the MVP. I think, I think, Derrick Henry. Sure, I think I think the Titans like they're kind of the anomaly, right? Like I give them credit. They they rose above those big time losses. I think though for the Ravens too, and I'm not I'm not quite versed on exactly the the extent of all the titans injuries but it wasn't just the stars for the ravens it was like they started losing these games down the stretch also because their depth was completely eroded i mean it wasn't like just their top two cornerbacks that people talked about every week i mean it was averett on top of that Tavon young was banged up down the stretch i mean like you're playing guys that you just signed off the street are playing 80 90 percent of the snaps i mean Of course. I mean, it's not it's not just the top few players across the board, like especially in the secondary. They were just absolutely decimated. 
They were. I mean, they were. And I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not like diminishing the fact that they had these, these injuries. I'm just saying that like, I just put, I just hit the pause button when you're just willing to say, well, nothing else I could have done. There's two injured every season. Ah, well, injuries. Well, that's all you got. Just, yeah, just injuries. No, I, I, that's like what I said at the beginning. Could they have won? They could have, clearly. I mean, they lost five of their last six games by a combined eight points. They could have won, which is, I, but I think that's to their credit. Like that they, despite having all these injuries, they still put them themselves in a position where they could have. And let's also not forget these last six games were against murderers row of their schedule. Like we all said they had to jump out to a big lead early in the year. And then late in the year, they were going to have this just brutal end to the schedule. When they came to that part of the schedule, they lost their MVP starting quarterback and numerous other players like against the best of opponents. The Green Bay Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. The LA Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC. The Bengals are one of the best teams in the AFC, right? I mean, so I I certainly understand what you're saying, but I think it's to the Ravens' credit that they put themselves in a could-have-won position despite all these losses. But should they have? No. Let's keep in mind that they should not have even been in some of these games, but they were. Yeah, I think overall, as as I've, I've said here, like, I think that there is there is a lot to feel, I guess, good about or to look at the season and say, man, the Ravens deserve a lot of credit and John Harbaugh and his coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for basically keeping the fight alive. And when yes. when it, I think a lot of other teams would have been in a TKO situation uh, well before the Ravens were. And they took this thing down to the, the bitter end of the season. They came as close as you can get to making the playoffs, just yeah. about. And, and they didn't, it didn't happen, but like, I I think that there's a lot of credit to be doled out uh, to the coaching staff and the players for continuing the fight, despite the the circumstances that they were up against. But as I said, I I do like, I I understand. It's still painful. It's still painful. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt for the players who are out there. Like, you know, I think that they take a lot of pride and they have the attitude of like, well, we could, we could have made the play here. To, yes. to to get a win. And I just don't yes. want to like completely diminish those guys who are out there who are in position to make a play, to make it to come up with one of those two-point conversions and and they weren't able to do it. Right. Um because they were in position to win these games or get a fourth down stop and and they just weren't able to do it in those situations. And part of the reason also in addition to all the things that we just talked about why the Ravens aren't going to the playoffs. All right, here's another and what's what's un, what's uncanny just one more point is like it's honestly uncanny that they didn't make one of those plays like what are the chances even i don't regardless of who's out there like the chances that you are are in i don't i kind of want to go back maybe we'll do this for the season recap and like count how many you know this one play makes the the difference situations that they were in because like they went like oh for a dozen. I think they made them. They just made them earlier <clears throat> in the season. They made them against the Colts. They made them against the Chiefs. They made them against the Lions. Like if you just basically yep. mix the games up, you know, rather than the first half and the second half, the Vikings. Yeah, like yeah, Vikings. If you just kind of mix those, intersperse those games, it's not as daunting. Where you look at it and you're like, well, the last six games just all fell apart. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know. I'm, but I'm just curious about like how many situations they were in where like one play may have put them in the playoffs over the, the last six games. I'd be curious to count it up. And, and what I'm, the point I'm making here is like the sheer chances that they go over in 
a dozen of those situations is unfathomable. Well, he, as we're looking at kind of ranking plays here, this is an email from Will to the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Another close lot, a loss, but a lot to look forward to next season. He says, I'm going to list five plays. Which one do you think is the most devastating in that loss to the Steelers? This is a fun <laughs> Oh, this is a fun yeah, game. This is a great Real game. fun game. Rank the pain here. Um, okay. All right. So I'm actually kind of down for this. The Huntley interception in the end zone. The Hollywood drop in the end zone. The Hollywood <sighs> miss catch along the sidelines where Minka pit, uh-huh. punched it out. Yeah. The Brandon yeah. Stevens dropped pick at midfield. And then the fumbled <laughs> snap and the eventual Steelers recovery. Well, I'm going to put that one, the last one, the fumbled snap at the bottom of the list, just because it happened so early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was bad. It led to a Steelers field goal. I'll put that at the bottom of the list. Uh, I'm going to put the Brandon Stevens one feels like it should go next to last. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a rookie, like, you know, I don't know. That one didn't. I still felt like the Ravens like should have closed that drive out even after that. Like I was like, oh, but then like I still felt like they were going to make a stop there because I think it was third and long even after yeah. that or second and long. Um, so I'll put that one fifth. How many there's words? Five, there's five. So that's that goes four. Five. Goes OK, fourth. I'll put that one fourth. OK, I'll put the Hollywood drop along the sideline third. That Hollywood's got to make that play, but I'll give Minka some credit, like getting his hand directly on the ball. That kind of reminded me, as painful as Lee it Evans. is to bring up, of the Lee. Oh, it totally reminded me of Lee <laughs> Evans. Got the ball for like a full second, and then somehow the DB just gets his hand directly on the ball. Yeah, and and the other thing with that play is, I think that Holly, like it was a good play by Minka. I think that's a play that Hollywood <laughs> should have because you, oh, you got it. Sure. you have it in your hands, and he did have it. He secured the ball. He was like trying to make sure his feet were in, but he didn't really like turn his body to protect yeah. the ball. And so um, the, the the thing about that one though is like that would have put him right around the fifty. Like that would not have put them in field goal range. They were darn close. I agree. Now they I they would have been they would have needed another player two to get there. Um, but yep. it's not like well, if you make that catch, the game's over. Agreed. So I'll put that third. Second, I'm going to put Hollywood's drop dropped touchdown pass. Uh, and then first, I'm going to put the end zone intercept, interception to Mark, which probably would have put the game away yeah. at that point, considering how well the Ravens' defense was playing. We're not going to toss in the Latavius Murray. His shin barely touches the ground when he trucks a dude. I put it at the bottom, but that still was pretty painful. Like, they needed that first They down. did, but, I mean, it was – at first, I was like, why did they not look at that? Uh, like Me too. But it was the right call when they came back on the broadcast they showed. His, his knee hit. Um, yeah. But – yeah, look, if if Hollywood catches that touchdown, then it's probably the Ravens probably win the game. Um Yeah, I mean it's I think it's a tough it's a tough it's kind of a toss up to me between the drop in the end zone and then the Huntley interception. The Huntley interception in the end zone was just so painful because it was like to me, that's when it felt like, oh, this is going to happen. Like, we're going to go to the playoffs. The Jags are whooping up on the Colts right now. You're getting those right. updates. Like that, at that point, it's like a 20-point game. They're like, okay, the Colts are going to lose this game. And the Ravens are marching down the field. They had just picked up a fourth yep. down. Latavius Murray is putting up big yards. Feels like every time he, he touches the football, he had 100-plus yards. Like the, the planets were aligning. Yeah, like, you like, could feel the planets aligning. I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get this the eclipse. Yeah, here we go. This is amazing. It's starting to feel pretty good. And M&T Bank Stadium was was kind of rocking, and people were having a good time. You're like, this is this is going to happen. 
And then to throw that pick and just take all the wind out of those sails was was painful. Yes, completely. Anyway, we'll be back later this week with the full recap. We'll go into our predictions. Um, like you said, Garrett, I think this is, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be like a, the six-game losing streak for us in terms of reviewing our season <laughs> predictions. It's going to be ugly. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. As always, uh, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We look forward to many more emails, and, uh, and there will be plenty of time for off-season discussion, a, a lot of Tough, tough decisions to be made this offseason. It's going to be interesting. Thank you for hanging with us. Yes. All season long. Thanks for listening to the Monday morning reaction. Uh, it's been a, our first time doing this, and I think it was pretty fun. Pretty raw. You know, we sketched down some notes about five minutes before we start. Mm. Write down some notes. It's it's coming off the top of the dome. <laughs> but I hope you all I hope you all enjoyed how raw it's been. Wish it could have had a different ending, but uh, but we appreciate you all, as always. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back this week.